Act Three of Mithridates by Jean Racine, translated by Robert Bruce Boswell. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Act Three, Scene One, Mithridates, Farnaces, Zephares. Draw near, my sons, at last the hour is come, my secret purpose to display before you. All things conspire to aid this noble venture. Nothing remains but to inform you of it. I am a fugitive, so hostile fortune has willed, but my life's history you know, too well to think that long courting concealment I should await my hunters in these deserts. War has its favors as it has its losses, already more than once my course retracing, while by my flight deceived the foe in triumph, rode through the streets of Rome mid idle plaudits, engraving his vain victories on brass, displayed my conquered realms in captive chains. The Bosphorus has seen me with fresh fleets, swarming from all her marshes, spreading terror, and from astonished Asia, chasing Rome's battalions back, undoing in a day work of a year. New times demand new cares, fiercer attacks have overwhelmed the East. Its plains are covered with yet vaster hosts of Romans, whom the war at our expense enriches. Greedy of all nations' wealth, our rumored hordes have drawn the robbers thither. In crowds they rush, each of his neighbor jealous, leaving their own to inundate our land. I only dare resist, worn or subdued. All my allies discard my fatal friendship a burden that their heads can ill support. Pompey's great name makes his success assured. All Asia's dread. I will not seek him there. Nay, tis to Rome, my sons, I mean to march. Surprised at this bold stroke, you think perhaps despair alone can give it birth to-day. I pardon your mistake. Projects like this seem folly till successfully accomplished. Do not suppose that Rome from us is parted by ramparts of eternal separation. I know each mountain pass that I must traverse, and, if not thwarted by untimely death, instead not set it farther three months hence, and you shall mount the capital with me. Two days upon the Euxon, never doubt it, will waft us westward to the Danube's mouth. Scythia with me has sworn a strict alliance, which lays the entrance into Europe open. There, gathering our forces in their ports, their troops will join our ranks, and at each step, Dacians, Venonians, Germans swell our numbers, all wait but for a leader to repel the common tyrant. Have not Spain and Gaul sought to excite my vengeance against those walls that Brennus once laid low? Yea, 
Greece herself has by her envoy's months blamed me for lack of vigor, ready to overflow on them, this torrent bearing me along, they know will whelm them all. And to prevent its ravage, they'll guide and follow me to Italy. There will you find Rome's name in horror held supreme, the fires still smoldering through the land which freedom kindled with her dying breath. No, princes, tis not in earth's realms remote, Rome's galling fetters weigh most heavily. The nearer that she is, the more abhorred. Rome's greatest enemies are at her gates. Ah, if they choose to free them from her yoke, vile Spartacus, the gladiator's slave, and followed vengeance with a band of robbers. Think with what noble ardor will their ranks march neath the colors of a conquering king, whose royal line from Cyrus boasts descent. Think, too, how we will take her by surprise, stripped of the legions that might else defend her, were they not all busied in my pursuit. Will babes and women have the power to stop me? Let us march on and carry to her heart the havoc which she spreads from east to west. Let those proud conquerors crouch behind their walls and tremble in their turn for hearth and home. Let us believe what Hannibal predicted. The Romans, save in Rome, will ne'er be vanquished. Let her own blood and righteous torrents drown her and let the capital that thought to see me in chains to ashes sink. Let us destroy its glory and blot out the shame of kings of every tribe and nation with my own. Let fire consume all those illustrious names devoted there to endless infamy. Lo, this is the ambition that has seized me, but think not I will suffer Rome in peace to lord it over Asia in my absence. I know where I shall find her stout defenders. Rome, everywhere surrounded by fierce foes, shall call in vain on Pompey to relieve her. The Parthian, named dreadful to Rome as mine, is ready to take up my righteous quarrel, to seal this bond with union of our blood. He asks of me a son to wed his daughter. I, for this honor, have made choice of you, my Pharnesus. Go, be the happy bridegroom. No longer I delay. Tomorrow's dawn shall see my ships far from the Bosphorus. Go you at once, since nothing here detains you, and let your ardor justify my choice. The marriage rites performed. Recross, Euphrates. Let Asia see another Mithridates and terror blanched the faces of our foes, while I at Rome rejoice to hear the tidings. Sir, you surprise me, and I cannot hide it. This grand attempt I hear with admiration. A bolder project never yet was broached to make the vanquished turn the tide of war. That dauntless heart in you I most admire, which seems to rise more strong for being crushed. And yet, if I may dare to speak with frankness, are you reduced to this extremity? 
Why go so far on such a desperate errand while still your states offer a safe asylum? Why undertake so difficult a task, fitter for leader of a band of exiles than for a monarch on whose banners hope so lately smiled? Where'er he appeared, who founded upon thirty states the throne whose ruin leaves a mighty empire yet? You, after two score years, you, only you, have courage left to struggle against fate. To roam and to repose relentless foe, count not on troops heroic as yourself. Think not that hearts made timid by disaster, worn out with hardships and a long retreat, are eager to meet death neath foreign skies, encountering toils more terrible than dangers. If routed when their country's eyes were on them, how will they meet the conqueror's fury there, in his own city, with his gods before him? Will he strike less alarm, or yield himself an easier prey? So Parthia seeks alliance with you in marriage. Prompt to lend her aid when all the world seemed our support, will she receive a son-in-law poor and defenseless? What? Shall I go an outcast and alone to prove the Parthian faithless as of yore, and haply has the fruit of match so hasty expose your credit to his court's contempt? At least, if stoop we must, if we must borrow the unaccustomed gestures of a suppliant, send me not to embrace the Parthian's knees, nor beg from kings whose power is less than yours. Can we not take a surer course than that? And, falling into arms of joyful welcome, Rome, readily appeased, will grant us favor. Rome, does my brother then dare to propose such a base humiliation to the king, as in one day to make his life's long course a lie, to trust the Romans and submit to tyranny for forty years resisted? Onward, my father. Vanquished as you are, war and its perils are your only refuge. Rome has in you a fatal foe, whose oath is more implacable than Hannibal's. All crimson with her blood, do what you may. Near look for peace, but through such butchery as on a single day in Asia blasted a hundred thousand Romans by your order. Yet spare your own inviolable head. March not yourself from land to land, nor show to gaping nations Mithridates humbled, darkening the brilliant luster of your name. The vengeance you must execute is just. Lay Roman ruins, burn the capital, but tis enough for you to point the way. To younger hands pass on the fiery torch, and while my brother keeps control of Asia, honor my courage with this high exploit. Give the command and let us justify our title as your sons, heirs of your name through all the world set east and west in flames while still you tarry in the bosphorus and roam hard pressed on every side alike shall find you omnipresent to destroy her this very moment order me to start all that detains you here urges my flight and if this enterprise surpass my powers such hope forlorn befits my evil case yes i will go too glad to end my woes so soon I will erase my mother's crime that makes me blush, my sire, here at your knees. Ashamed to know myself a son of hers. Scarce all my blood can wash away that stain. Only let me by death enhance your glory. And Rome, the object of my grand despair, shall to the son of Mithridates offer a worthy tomb. 
Mithridates Rising My son, let us not speak of her again. Your father is content. He knows your zeal. Nor will he have you face dangers that his affection will not share. Nothing shall part us. You shall follow me. And you prepare yourself, prince, to obey. The ships are ready. I myself have ordered the train and the equipment you require. Arbates, charged to bring you to your bride, will let me know how you perform your duty. Go, and maintaining your ancestral honor, in this embrace receive your sire's farewell. Sir! Let the expression of my will suffice you. Obey, it were superfluous to repeat it. Sir, might it please you to accept my death? None shall be found more eager to embrace it. Let me fall fighting in your ranks before you. I have commanded you to start directly, and if you linger, prince, you hear my voice. Answer me not, or do it at your peril. If you should hold a thousand deaths in prospect, I could not seek a maiden whom I know not. My life is in your hands. Ha! As I thought, you cannot go. I understand you, traitor. I know what makes you shun this marriage. Here you have a quarry you are loath to leave. Tis Monima detains you, guilty love, moved you to tear her from your father's arms. Neither the warmth with which you know I wooed her, nor yet my diadem that decks her brow, nor this retreat selected for her safety, nor fear of my just wrath had force to check you. Was then your treacherous sympathy with Rome, offense so venial in your father's eyes, that this perfidious passion still was wanting to render you the horror of my life? Far from repentance on your face I see, confusion due to rage and disappointment. You long already for my hands escaping, to sell me to the Romans and secure my ruin. But to justice I'll defer departure. Ho there, guards! Scene 2. Mithridates, Pharnaces, Zephares, guards. Arrest the traitor. I, him there, Pharnaces. Go, quit him not, till you have locked him safely in the tower. Twere idle to assert me innocent. Yes, it is true, my love deserves your hatred. My love is hers. You have been told the truth. But Zephyrus has not revealed the whole. What he has said is less than what he hides. And this devoted son should have informed you that he, long smitten with the self-same passion, loves the queen also, and is loved by her. Scene 3. Mithridates Zephares Sir, can you think me guilty of a scheme? My son, I know your brother's villainy. May heaven preserve me ever from suspecting that you could make so cruel a return for all my kindness that a son so dear could have betrayed a father's trusting heart. 
I'll not believe it. Go, far be the thought. Henceforth be all my mind bent upon vengeance. Scene 4, Mithridates I'll not believe it. Vainly flattering hope. You do believe it, wretched Mithridates. Is Zephyrus my rival? Does the queen conspire with him? And dare she to deceive me? On whatsoever side I turn mine eyes. All hearts have lost their loyalty to me. Friendless without, within my home betrayed. Pharnesus, Monima, and thou my son, Thou too, whose virtue solaced my disgrace. But know I not this Pharnesus a traitor? How weak am I to trust his baffled fury, Whom spite and envy arm against his brother, Or whose despair, inventing idle tales, To save himself would make all others guilty? Nay, I'll believe him not, nor be too hasty, but probe the truth. Yet where shall I begin? Whose witness will convince me? By what proofs? Ha! Heaven inspires me with a sudden thought. I'll call the queen. Yes, without going further, I'll hear her and rely upon her witness. Love greedily believes what gives it pleasure. If he has won her heart, none else so will can show it. Let me see which of the two her love will charge. They have deserved a snare I scorn to use. Tis lawful to deceive deceivers and to unmask treachery. But here she comes, a skillful falsehood now shall mock her hopes and make her truth a vow. Scene 5. Monima Mithridates My eyes at last are open, and I own the claims of justice. Twere a sorry gift to charm so rare to offer you a hand, burdened with age and a long train of troubles. Fortune and victory have heretofore with thirty crowns concealed my hoary head, but it is so no longer. Once a king, I am a fugitive, old and disgraced. My brow, despoiled of all its royal honors, too plainly shows the ravages of time. Besides all that, a thousand schemes engross my care. You hear the shouts of troops prepared to start forthwith. Once more I man the vessels that brought us. Nuptial rites would ill consort with hurried flight. Or can I let you share my shattered fortunes in this desperate quest? But think no more of Pharnesus, for justice claims sacrifice on your part as on mine. I will not suffer this rebellious son whom I have banished from my sight forever, to own a heart which was denied to me, and bring it into friendship with the Romans. My throne is due to you. Far from regretting the gift, there will I place you ere I go. If only you consent that one so dear to me, 
a son worthy, a father's love. The Zypharus, in short, shall take my place, wed you, and wreak my vengeance on the traitor. Who? Zephyrus, my lord? Ay, madam, he. Whence comes this agitation at his name? What leads you to object to choice so just? Is it disdain that reason cannot quell? He, I repeat it, is my second self, victorious in the field, a son who loves me, by me beloved, the foe of Rome, the heir of my renown, that will revive in him, and whatsoever pledge you may have taken, tis only to his hands that I'll resign you. What say you? Gracious heaven, can you approve? Oh, why, my lord, why try me so severely? Cease to torment a soul unfortunate. I know that I was destined to be yours. I know this very moment at the altar the victim stands to seal our marriage bond. Come. I see clearly, to whatever I may, you fain would keep yourself for Pharnesus. I find your scorn is as unjust as ever, passing from me to my unhappy son. I scorn him. Let us speak of it no more. Pursue the shameful flame that lures you on, while with my son far from your sight I go to the world's end, seeking a glorious death. Stay here to share his brother's degradation, and to the Romans sell a father's blood. Come, can I better punish your disdain than by committing you to hands so vile? No longer shall your honor be to me. Matter of moment, you shall be forgotten. Come, madam, I am going to unite you. Punish me rather with a thousand deaths. Mere subterfuge, tis idle to resist. To what extremity am I reduced? But after all, I cannot think that you could force yourself so long to act a part. Heaven is my witness that I aimed to please you, and to its destiny my soul submitted. But if to any weakness I had yielded, had I been bound to fortify my heart against alarm, believe me, my good lord, I never had shed a tear for Pharnaces. The son whom you esteem, whose image lives within your heart, whose victories have curbed the insolence of Rome, your second self, that Zephyrus whom you would have me love. You love him? <sighs> had the fates not made me yours, to be his bride were happiness supreme. Before this pledge of your affection reached me, we loved each other. You change countenance. No, no, it is enough. Go, and I'll send him to you. I must be busy. Time is precious. I see that you are willing to obey me. I am content. Monima, going away. Heaven grant this be no trick. Scene 6. Mithridates they love each other, I have been befooled. Ah, thou ungrateful son, thy death shall pay for all. I know how thou hast stolen from me, 
my soldiers hearts by virtues well assumed and martial glory but my stroke shall fall sure on the traitor i will scatter far the seeds of mutiny forestall rebellion and keep no troops but such as i can trust but i must still dissimulate nor go hence with a frown that may displeasure show End of Act 3